What has Anna Kendrick, Blake Lively, menswear looks, mysteries, and YouTube's most cheerful mom? It's the movie A Simple Favor. Directed by Paul Feig, the film is about a woman who disappears, the friend who tries to find her, and the husband who misses her. Or does he? I'm Stephen Thompson. And I'm Linda Holmes. We're talking about the stylish, mischievous, sometimes darkly funny, and much to our particular tastes, thriller A Simple Favor, so don't go away. This message comes from NPR sponsor, NBC. NBC is featuring a new comedy from executive producer Amy Poehler, every woman's imaginary best friend. It's I Feel Bad, all about how women feel bad every single day. Career, kids, marriage. I Feel Bad is for women who supposedly have it all, yet can't remember the last time they took a shower. Don't miss the big night of comedy with Superstore, The Good Place, Will & Grace, Then I Feel Bad, your personal escape, coming Thursday, October 4th on NBC. Welcome back. You just met NPR Music's Stephen Thompson. Also with us is Glenn Weldon of the NPR Arts Desk. Hi, Glenn. Hey, Linda. And in our fourth chair today, the co-host of the Unfriendly Black Hotties podcast, Christina Tucker. Hey, Christina. Hello, hello. I wasn't here when you were on our books shows, so I'm excited to get to have this conversation with you. I'm very pumped. Yeah, and I'm going to come back to you uh, in a second. I'm actually going to go to Glenn first because I saw you tweet mm-hmm. uh, about your reaction to this movie, Glenn. Yeah. You seem to think it was especially to hit certain sweet spots for you. Somewhere in the Midwest at an undisclosed location, <laughs> there is a vast underground staging area where teams of professionals specifically engineered this movie for the Glens of this uh-huh. sad fallen world. This I, I just dug this movie. Yeah. It is pulpy. It is fun. The script is very funny. It's great performances, a twisty plot. Reminded me of 90s John Dahl movies like The Last Seduction and Red Rock West. It's playing in Hitchcock's sandbox, but the thing about Hitchcock films, of course, is that they're built around big, suspenseful set pieces. Mm-hmm. This is like the movie without the big, suspenseful set yeah. piece. Everything around that that you get in a Hitchcock film, I just dug it. Yeah. I want to talk a little bit about the stylishness of it, right? Yeah. It's like so fun to look at. It's so fun so to look good. at. The houses are great. Her outfits are amazing. The fact that she is introduced to us in a very cliched way. We see Blake Lively step out of her Porsche. We see her heels first, of course, in a very cliched way, but it works. It works. It works. It just looks great. All right. So, Christina, what did you think of this movie? I had so much fun at this movie. Uh I saw this film with a friend of the show, Margaret H. Willison, and there was a moment where we were both just kind of sitting there like, okay, I'm here. I'm fully involved Uh in this ride. Is this too many twists? Who cares? Let's Mm. keep going. We just had such a ball. We had one of those theaters that, you know, booed at all the fun parts and cheered (laughs) at all the good parts. And it was just, it was a delight. I did not want that movie to end. I wanted more suits forever. Suits, man. The (laughs) The the, suits. The Blake Lively suits. And the thing that's amazing about it, this is not like regular menswear looks like you would think of with like the typical sort of the Annie Hall and what we were were doing (laughs) in the kind of the 80s and the early 90s with the sort of like the little, the Mm -hmm. little like string tie. No, this is full, incredibly just tailored to within an inch of its life, like menswear vest with actual bow tie. Mm -hmm. Like, 
it's amazing. I don't know. What did you think, Stephen? Yeah, not since Ocean's 8. Yeah. <laughs> Has such an impeccably tailored movie hit the screens. I liked it a lot. I came to this movie at the end of a very, very long week and kind of hunkered down in my recliner and just let this movie take me where it was where it was going. I, I appreciate that it's kind of, I would almost say, like a comedy noir. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm here for, for that tone. I did think... Christina mentioned a few too many twists Uh and also that she didn't want it to end. There were points when I thought it might never actually end. (laughs) (laughs) And I say that as somebody who really, really enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. I think this movie was solidly 20 to 25 minutes too long. Disagree! And I say, 40 minutes too short. <laughs> Christina and I want the director's cut with 40 minutes more and three more twists. Uh-huh. Uh, lengthwise, it's kind of in the Judd Apatow school of very slack plotting. There's just See, a I don't, lot. I don't agree with that. I don't think it's slack at all. I think it's just a ton. I it's think it's ton. just so much. It's, it's, a, a it's so much. It kind of at times feels like a couple of movies squashed together. But at the same time, I was, I was here for it. And I appreciate the way that Paul... Paul Feig is interested in bringing us women who can be anti-heroes. Mm-hmm. That is so often the terrain of dudes, and yeah. he's just clearly so interested in it and has so much fun with it. One of the movies that this made me think of, for non-necessarily obvious reasons, was Spy. Yeah, Because mm-hmm. one of the things I love about Spy, one of the many things I love about Spy, is that everyone in that film is used in such an interesting way and I've said this before, but like it's not quite the Jude Law that you expect. It's not quite the right. definitely not the Jason Statham that you expect. It's not the Rose Byrne that you expect. Right. He uses actors in these really interesting way. And his stuff is always cast by Allison Jones, as this is. And she, if you know anything about comedy, she casts many of your favorite comedies. <laughs> all of my favorite shows. All of your TV. favorite shows. Yeah. Um, she she casts the Mike Schur universe and all that other stuff, but also the Paul Feig movies, going back to Bridesmaids and the Heat and Spy and all that stuff. And I think his collaboration with her has led to some very interesting uses of actors. And... In this case, I really noticed it's like Anna Kendrick, who often plays like very nice girls. This is that, but it's also not that. In some ways to me, she, even though she's not the one that the mystery and the noir is swirling around, she is the weirdest person in the movie. (laughs) She's a very odd unsettling presence um, from the beginning. It's like, oh, something something about this lady is not quite right, <laughs> even yeah. though she's not the one who disappears. She's not the one whose husband is in question. And Blake Lively, obviously, who I think has played a lot of not very good roles in her life, I think this is a much more interesting thing for her to do. I think she is sexy and confident in this in a way that I liked. And then to see Henry Golding so soon after he was in Crazy Rich Asians, where he's sort of the superhero of romance leads, the comparisons between this movie and Gone Girl are, are easy, but there is a way in which he has not as much as Affleck, but he has that kind of disappointing husband <laughs> quality yeah. at times that I thought was was also really kind of cool. Yeah, there's a lot of heat around Blake Lively's performance in this movie, uh, deservedly so. We'll, we'll talk even more about it. But 
what Anna Kendrick is doing can easily be slotted into, oh, she's just doing what she gave us before. But as you say, Linda, there is something very specific in each and every one of her choices, which is important because as much as I love this screenplay and it's really, really sharp, especially in the world building in the beginning, it's really Mm -hmm. filled with jokes and really smart dialogue. In the last half, we lose that to kind of get wrapped up in the plot. Right. And the role itself is presented to us as kind of a cheap joke. Mommy blogger. Mm -hmm. That's the joke. That's where everything grows out of it. It's a meatless meatball of a role. And she invests it with so much. So, so much. She's just great. Yeah. I liked it a lot. I loved, I think, Anna Kendrick's line readings. There were so many of them that just, when that moment where she says to Linda Cardinelli, like, I love those knife paintings. I think those are great knives. Just like her (laughs) utter sincerity, but also slightly off kilter wackiness. I just, I don't know, I found her like both troubling and also weirdly relatable. I was like, I don't know if my (laughs) best friend went missing, like maybe I too would become like this weird crime finding spy. Who knows? (laughs) Well, and I think it's so funny to me how she has those early interactions. There's kind of this Greek chorus of other moms, quote unquote. And there's also this kind of Greek chorus of like, like the other parents from the school where Blake Lively's son and Anna Kendrick's son both attend. And it's Andrew Rannells, who you know from Broadway and Girls and a bunch of other stuff. And uh, Aparna Nancherla, who you know from comedy, hopefully. Yes. <laughs> and then also uh, Kelly McCormick, who's an actress and a writer. And all of them kind of have this, the comedy is very much foregrounded in what they're doing. And they're kind of like a little, I don't know, like I said, a little Greek chorus of parents. But they keep helping sort of ground the the part of it that is about the Stephanie character, played by Anna Kendrick, being really weird. And mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about her is her name is Stephanie Smothers. Yeah. <laughs> Which is like, uh-huh. <laughs> I actually wanted more of the Greek chorus. I felt yeah. like they, I just mm-hmm. felt like you had all those comedy chops mm-hmm. just kind of sitting in the wings a little bit. As much as there is stuffed into this movie, I think it has some gorgeous ingredients that get a little bit underused. Yeah, I thought you wanted it to be shorter, <laughs> Stephen. <laughs> I know, yeah. subtract four twists and put in more of them. Uh, I don't think so. I liked, mm. I liked this movie a lot. Yeah. It's now, a lot. I didn't have much experience, much knowledge of Blake Lively before this movie because I didn't see Sisterhood of the Traveling Pants. I didn't watch Gossip Girl. <laughs> Reportedly, she was in Green Lantern, but my mind has blocked that out. Uh, I remember there was an evil space cloud with a face and Ryan Reynolds' torso, and that's pretty much all I remember from that movie. Mm-hmm. She is just so smart and stylish and sexy and as you say confident there is something about this role that wouldn't allow like what I assumed she was which was like a supermodel kind of uh, ingenue and she's not she's got yeah. chops she really yeah. is well and I saw I saw her recently in a film in which she plays a blind woman who gets her sight back and it's it's very cliched and she plays opposite Jason Clark who's kind of her I don't know, her abusive husband. And it's one of those roles that you just feel like there's no opportunity for the person to extend themselves. Mm -hmm. And I think that she, in this, has a much more interesting... On the one hand, it is introduced through, like, woman in suits who is vaguely scary, maybe, but also maybe just, like, super sexy. And one of the things that I like about the film... The level of kind of homoerotic energy between these two women, it doesn't go uncommented upon, but it's also not the whole thing. Exactly. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? It's not like, oh, secretly this is all happening because they're lesbians. Like, that's not the 
twist? Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think, Christina? I well, there's a large part of me that wishes that was the twist, um, <laughs> because of who I am as a person. But I did leave this film, and I think like the first thing I tweeted was just like, "Am I a Blake Lively stand now?" Like I just <laughs> I didn't know that she had it in her, and I feel kind of bad for not knowing this. But I again, like I didn't really watch Gossip Girl. I didn't really like pay attention to a lot of her later projects, and she just had this. She just kind of oozed the sensuality and kind of terror that I was like, "Yes, more of this from Blake Lively, please." Mm-hmm. I would watch her in a few more noir movies. Absolutely. And it's funny that Glenn mentioned Hitchcock before, because to me, I kept trying to get a feel for like how to describe it tonally. It's not a comedy. Right. And it's not a parody of a thriller. It is a thriller. You are supposed to be startled at the startling parts. There are parts of it that are supposed to be a little bit scary and whatever. And yet it's also it is funny. The screenplay is uh, by Jessica Scharzer from a novel by Darcy Bell. And the novel seems to be promoted, at least, as if it's more straightforwardly scary. Mm. Whereas Mm. I think some of the comedy in this was brought in for the film. And they've definitely changed the story around, according to what I have read. I think a lot of the important tonal work in this movie is being done by the score and by the the soundtrack. There's all this French pop music, Mm -hmm. which really feeds into the amount of style, the the, the amount of visual style. And the Brady Bunch, randomly. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Randy Bunch kind of singing uh-huh. Sunshine Day. Sure, uh-huh. why not? There's this levity in the score yes. that really lets you float along on a breeze, even as the movie is kind of taking these hairpin turns. Well, right. A lot of the fun is just in the look and in the sound. Yeah. Well, and one of the mm-hmm. things I was going to say is that I think there is some precedent for that thriller with humor. It reminded me tonally of the lighter Hitchcock movies, not mm-hmm. like Psycho, obviously, but like <laughs> the ones that are a little more mystery solving like Grace Kelly sweeping into the room in Rear Window and being mm-hmm. sort of like, oh, wasn't that so exciting? And <laughs> yeah. like those kinds of moments remind me a little bit of Anna Kendrick in this. And I liked the fact, I thought about the fact that, you know, Hitchcock obviously always had the Hitchcock blonde. And if you think about Blake Lively and you know what I'm talking about, how she's dressed at the end mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. versus how she's dressed at the beginning. At the end, she does kind of look Hitchcock blondish the last time you see her. But in the beginning parts, she's pushing so hard against what that style would look like and what that kind of woman would be like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm very proud of this observation. <laughs> <laughs> it may be completely off base, but I'm extremely proud of it. I'm just trying to imagine what would happen if you put Blake Lively and Kate Blanchett in their respective suits in the same movie. Have a, having a pantsuit off. I just off. leaned back so far. <laughs> Like my breath was stolen from my very body. <laughs> I think what would happen is we would go to that. Yeah. Yes. We would we go would. to that. She would be like, Kate Blanchard would be the mentor mm-hmm. and Blake Lively would be the student. And obviously they would be studying, I think, murder. Yeah. Right. Sure. Yes, <laughs> naturally. And it'd be, they'd be very good at it. I don't know. I like and hat wearing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sink yourself into a recliner theater mm-hmm. and watch a simple favor. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can follow Christina at C underscore Grace T. Thanks to all of you guys for being here. Thank, thank you. you. Thank you. And of course, thank you for listening. We will be back here on Friday talking about what, what a star is born. And if you have a second and you're so inclined, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts. It helps more folks to find the show. We will see you all back here on Friday.
This is Terry Gross, the host of Fresh Air. We do long-form interviews with the people behind the best books, pop culture, journalism, and more, so you can get to know the people whose work you love. You'll find Fresh Air on NPR One or wherever you get your podcasts.